Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. It is time now for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast from the studios at Grand Forks Best Source. Standing by, and he's itching and ready to go, realty expert John Brodeen. We'll talk with John right after this. What would tomorrow look like if you sold your house today? Maybe you'd move to a new city or a new country. Maybe you'd pick up birding or birdies. You could get into wine, not that into wine, or skiing, warmer skiing. Or maybe you'd spend more time doing nothing at all. When you're ready for whatever comes next, we'll be ready to help you get there. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. All right, he's back in the house. Here he is, John Brodeen, the one, the only. How are you, man? Hey, I'm good. How about you, John? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad it's Friday. Yep. Uh, You have big plans for the weekend? Um, I don't think we got much going on. I think we're going to go out and do dinner on Saturday. Mm. Um, no, we had a lot of stuff going on last weekend. So yeah, I'm uh, supposed to be taking off for ice fishing here in a couple hours. Oh, so. nice. Yeah, I'm Where hoping. Uh, Lake of the Woods, nice. going up to Arneson's. Uh, there's your little plug, Arneson's Rocky Point. There you go. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it because usually when I bring nice fresh walleye home up from Lake of the Woods, it only costs me about 120 bucks a pound. So uh, you know how that goes by the time beer and all that stuff. Um, there yeah. was something I wanted to ask you uh, when you were in on Wednesday, John. You had mentioned it a couple of times how the market had changed so much in June, and I never got a chance to ask oh, you yeah. what that change was. But okay, now I'm going to do it. How is the market different now than prior to June? And what was that change all about? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. So the market from um, basically from June 2020 up until June of 2022 was crazy hot. Very, very low inventory. It's like inventory fell off. People weren't listing their homes when everybody was kind of in lockdown mode from uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. And then when, um, when things started kind of, people started getting the itch to get out and move again, then it kind of went crazy. Tons of people looking to buy homes. Interest rates were extremely low, um, and there were not very many homes on the market. And it's like inventory never caught up to the number of homes that were selling. Mm-hmm. So we were in this low inventory, high uh, buyer activity market basically for two years, um, where values went up substantially over those two years. Everything was everything that was half decent didn't even have to be an amazing house. Was you know getting multiple offers, selling over asking price, just because there were so many buyers out there mm-hmm. uh, for every single one listing that was on the market. Um, so this continued, and it continued into early 2022. The spring market in early 2022 was still really hot, despite interest rates beginning to rise. Mm-hmm. And then the interest rates really started to get to a point that. Um, you know, made a lot of buyers want to put a hold on their home search um, around that June time. And that's also kind of, so you get a lot of, there's a time in the early spring where the number of active listings hasn't quite caught up to the buyer activity. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually that's in like late March throughout April. And this is why that's usually the hottest time, like the hottest seller's market of the year every year. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a seasonal thing. Um, and then there's the listings that didn't get sold during that time and a lot more listings hitting the market where inventory usually kind of um, becomes a little bit higher in the summertime. There's still a lot of buyer activity going through. So we saw the inventory rise quite a bit around June. Um, it got higher than it's gotten in the past couple of years, if I remember right. Um, yeah, so- because uh, it, it seems to me, I recall, uh, especially during the COVID thing when the interest rates were down, uh, so was the inventory. Yes, yes. And I figured... They had to be related. You know, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And and that was kind of a weird phenomenon because mm-hmm. 
it was like there was a third of the number of listings that were typically on the market during that time. Sure. And then, in, you know, the interest rates started going up, the buyer activity started going down, and the number of listings started rising. And that really balanced out the market more. Mm-hmm. Um, so after June, listings were taking longer to sell. They weren't getting bombarded with multiple offers on every single nice listing. Um, so things were taking longer to sell. You weren't having all these record-setting prices anymore. I always keep this in mind when I'm running comps on a listing that I'm going to be putting up and I'm trying to price it because I pay attention to whether the comp sold before or after June. Okay. Uh, because if it sold before June, it might be hard to reach that same number now that we're in a more balanced market. And it's still technically a seller's market. It's just much closer to the balance point than it was before June. Okay. So... Um, that's when, yeah, that's, and then, you know, interest rates fluctuated a little bit. They'd get, they'd get even higher and that would cause kind of a temporary slowdown. And then they'd drop a little bit and we'd see more people deciding to pull mm-hmm. the trigger and then they'd rise again and you'd see a little, so it's like the, um, you know, the rising interest rates coupled with prices being higher than, uh, from the, you know, from the fast appreciation in the past couple of years, it, it did price some buyers out of the market. Okay. Um, and some buyers, they decided, oh, they want to wait until interest rates get low again because, you know, it's it's kind of like that acceleration effect. Yeah. Where, you know, when you're when you're going 100 miles an hour and then you slow down to 50 miles an hour, it feels like you're barely moving. Yeah. Yep. So it's like when everybody's used to these interest rates that are 3% mm-hmm. or less, all of a sudden we go back up to 5%, all of a sudden, and, and 6%. It seems like that's just gone through the roof. Yeah, yeah, reality, people are freaking out. Yeah, historically, you know, it's like it's really not crazy high. No, it's rates, not. But. And his, you, you know, you mentioned the word historically. Historically, can you ever remember interest rates being as low as they were? Oh yeah, and I don't know if it'll ever happen again. Because, right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This could have been a once in a lifetime thing. Yes. Um, but it's. Would you consider the interest rates now high or more? Back to normal-ish. Pretty normal. I mean, rates in the... What we had gotten used to... Like, so I started real estate in 2014. Okay. What's normal to me is kind of like mid-fours. So it's a little higher than normal, but not much. Um, When you compare, you know, 6% interest to, uh, you know, 2.875, you know, obviously the payment's much higher now than it would have been at 2.875. And those... The reason the interest rates were so low, a lot of people don't realize this, is the the country went into a recession for Mm -hmm. a very short period of time at the beginning of COVID because... um, you know, economically, everything just country to a shut stop. down. Yeah, and what they didn't want to happen is they didn't want us to plummet into some sort of serious recession or depression or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the th- one of the tools they have in their toolbox is to, uh, it, you know, is called quantitative easing. Um, that's when the government is buying more mortgage backed securities, which uh, is going to push down interest rates because the government doesn't demand as high of a return. The Basically, those mortgage-backed securities don't have to pay as well because the government's buying them all anyway. Okay. Um, and it's fewer private private investors buying those mortgage-backed securities. Um, and that's one of the tools the government has in their toolbox to stimulate the economy, which they did at that point. So that's why those interest rates got so low. Mm-hmm. And it somewhat contributed to, um, you know, it somewhat contributed to the inflation that we're seeing now yep. and have been seeing over the past couple of years. So then the government decided that the one of the ways they can, and obviously the inflation was contro- like contributed to by supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know that's a, that's another major factor, and you know stuff with gas prices, all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Everything. Other other factors, not just real estate. Right. One of the tools that the government has to slow down uh, inflation 
is the opposite of quantitative easing. So like we said, quantitative easing is buying more of those mortgage-backed securities. Quantitative tightening is when they buy less of those mortgage-backed securities. When the government starts buying less of those mortgage-backed securities, then it matters more how much those mortgage-backed securities are paying out because it's private investors that are buying them. Uh, you know, a larger percentage of them, are, of them are being bought by private investors, not the federal government. So those people are more picky about the returns they're getting. There's less of them being bought, so they have to be more attractive, so they need to pay out more. So that's what happens when the government does quantitative tightening and reduces the number of mortgage-backed securities that they're buying. In turn, then these mortgage interest rates have to be higher. So the common misconception is that the Fed rates, that's like overnight money. That's The Fed rate is not the, the Fed changing the interest or the, the, the Fed rate mm-hmm. does not change the mortgage interest rates. They are somewhat related, but the, you know, the Fed rate does not directly control mortgage interest rates. Mortgage interest rates are controlled by supply and demand in the mortgage-backed securities. So I just learned something new again. Okay. Yes. So two different (laughs) things. And um, so that's what they started doing at the beginning of 2022 is quantitative tightening, buying fewer mortgage-backed securities, driving the interest rates up because less of them are being bought. So they need to be more attractive and they need to pay out more. So that's what we're kind of in right now. And it's, I honestly, in my opinion, they probably could have started doing that earlier. They were a little bit late to the party. What you do not want to do is you don't want to raise rates and, you know, you don't want to raise rates too slowly because what will happen then is you'll, the worst possible case scenario is you're in an environment where you have high interest rates and high inflation at the same time because then you don't really have that, um, tool available anymore to try to control inflation you've used it but you used it too slowly and it didn't make a difference so they do need to hit hit hard and fast when they raise interest rates to try to control inflation which is what they did um and you know obviously some of it's not controlled by interest rates some of it's the supply and demand sure all right we talk about supply and demand interest rates versus inventory uh, inflation quantitative tightening all of this stuff um is it a good time to buy and sell um, yes. So the, the thing that people, people pay so much attention to the interest rates, whether it's a good time to buy and sell, what they don't realize is that it's temporary. Right, if right. Rates could go up from now. And that would have meant that you locked in at the best possible time if you locked in right now, because if in six months they're at 8%, you got in 2% lower than where they are in the future. Okay. And then on the flip side of the coin, if rates are at 4% in two months, which they won't be, but if they were... It doesn't mean it's a bad time to buy right now. It just means that you'd refi in two months when rates hit 4%, and then you'd be able to, you know, at once they're at 4%, then you'd be able to lock in a much lower interest rate. Um, so it's not a permanent thing. I think whether it's a good time or not to buy depends on whether you can afford the payment on the house you're getting into, if uh-huh. you're able to get the type of house you need at that payment. And it's more life circumstances that determine whether it's a good time to buy or sell. The main thing is when you're in the real estate market and you own the home that you're living in, making sure you can stay in it for the long term. I've said that, I probably say that in some way or another on every single podcast. Right, right. It's not a get in when it's hot and then get out before it gets cold. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a long term thing. You got to pay to put a roof over your head. Sure. One way or another. So, you know, we, we kind of started off the show, John, with um, how the market is different now than prior to June. Uh, we had talked about that earlier in the week. So the market now compared to prior to June, um, good, bad, the same? 
Well, it's less of a hot market. We're not seeing the fast appreciation. So it depends on which side of the transaction you're on. Okay. Um, if you're a seller, it's not as great of a market as it was back before June. Um, if you're a buyer, it's a much better market than it was before June. If you're somebody who needs to sell and buy, it honestly doesn't make that much of a difference because back then the it, it honestly be a little easier right now because in a lo- little more balanced market, you're still going to be able to sell your home in a reasonable amount of time. And you're actually going to have options when you're looking for the new home you're going to get into. Oh, before June, mm-hmm. if you're somebody who is staying in Grand Forks, you need to buy and you need to sell the home you're in right now. The issue you would have run into before June is it would have been very hard to find the type of home that you need. Um, and you probably would have gotten outbid on a bunch of different bidding wars. Um, you know, you probably would have had to pay absolute top dollar for it. You might not have gotten everything you needed and wanted in a home just because there were so few options and competition was so high. Mm-hmm. You also would have absolutely crushed it on the sale of your home. Oh, yeah. So it all depends what side of the transaction you're on. And there's so many people that are on both sides of the tra- transaction simultaneously that you can't just say, oh, the market was better then than it is now. And it's better now than it was then or whatever. Um, so the... The months of December and January were quite slow this year. They were slower than they usually are, and that's going by the number of sales uh, that went through. Um, The number of active inventory is also back down very, very low, which is good because you'd be in a super extreme buyer's market right now with such slow activity Mm -hmm. if if we had high number of active listings on the market. So things are staying pretty balanced, pretty steady. Uh, You know, it's a healthy market in general right now. Um, we were talking about this too the other day. Um, I'd learned more again today. Good. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, good. ah, you know, sometimes I feel like, and I'm like, no, man, I go almost every time you guys are in here, I learned something new and, uh, I learned something new again today. Good. Um, John, have yourself a great weekend. If somebody wants to get a hold of realty expert, John Brodeen, how do they do that? Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to me on YouTube. Turn on post notifications so you can see whenever I come up with a new video, uh, subscribe to me on, or, uh, Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, my business page, um, all those different platforms, LinkedIn, I'm posting content daily. Uh, And if you want to become a client, get a hold of me. My cell phone number is 701-213-5428. And you can send me a text on there whenever you want. Have yourself a great weekend, my friend. You too, John. All right. And we'll see you probably in a couple of weeks. Yes. All right. There you go for the week. Your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast with realty expert John Brodeen for the studios of Grand Forks Best Source. And I tell you what, everybody, have yourself a great weekend.